welcome to the Scripture Study Project, our podcast that gives you a fresh and faithful perspective of the scriptures that will renew your excitement for your own personal study and help you passionately teach what you are learning to other others. Others. <laughs> we are your hosts, Zach and Krista Horton, and we promise that today we will not jingle anything in your ears. <laughs> that was really loud. That turned out really loud. We should have tr- done like a sound check before and we didn't. Mm-hmm. So we apologize, but hopefully you were excited along with the bells rather than cursing us for (laughs) making you momentarily, your ears hurt, your eardrums hurt. (laughs) And hopefully you had a great Thanksgiving. Um, Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, happy holidays. Hope it was a great weekend. We just got done, it's uh, Sunday right now as we're recording, and we just got done watching the new um, Christ Child videos, that was called the Christ Child. Yeah. Um, that's up on the church website. If you haven't seen that yet, um, we've got our our uh, light the world on. We've both got the text notifications sent to our phone to the daily notifications that come to your phone each day to light the world, which is really exciting. So uh, lots of fun stuff. Here we are in December, and we I feel like that video that they did is just so well done. Such a um, just a great way to start the season and really feel. The Christmas spirit. So, well, and you got to watch a little bit earlier and learn like about the people that were in it. Like, it wasn't. This isn't just a church, like church actors, church film. Right. Like, I don't think any of them are church actors. Our um, church members, right? Act- <laughs> yeah, our church members, and it was really cool. They were a few of them were of other faiths, and just some of the studying and preparation that they personally did um, to prepare for that was really kind of cool. Neat to hear. Um, and I feel like you can feel that in the actors um, in that in that video. Yeah. So if you haven't watched it yet, definitely um, do that with you with you or your family. And um, I think it's a good way to start off the season. Definitely. I can't believe it's December. I Here know. we are. Here I know. we go. It's crazy. Um, let's see what else we're going to talk about. Well, we are um, sold out. Our study record is sold out. And so we're really grateful to all of those that purchased or, uh, purchased a study record. We'll be opening them up probably in the new year when we get new stock in. But if you did buy a study record, um, we will be furiously packaging and shipping them in the coming weeks to have them to you before Christmas. Um, so look for those in your mailbox. Um, and, uh, and then stay tuned next year for more things coming to our shop. And, um, and, and of course a new year to study and a new podcast and all things coming. So we're really excited. Yeah. Thank you so much to all who ordered. We're looking forward to getting those out. We honestly had no idea how many to order. So we're just excited that we're where we're at, but also grateful to kind of know where we're cutting it off so we can get those out to everyone, um, for the beginning for before Christmas and then to start your study. But one thing that we do want to do with the that we will be doing with the study journals, study records next year is um, really giving you some guidance. So even if you decided not to get a study record, um, we're going to be doing a lot of those questions and trying and incorporating um, the study methods that we're trying to help you learn in those in the study record so anyway stay tuned for that um whether or not you bought one and hope hoping that this can be a way for us to um study together even more in the new year in the yeah. book of mormon so anyway here we go today we're studying this is episode 47 you guys i think we only have three more episodes left this year of the new testament um and this year 
this today, we're going to be studying 1st through 3rd John, 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 and Jude. Um, so yeah, here we go. Here we get started into this. Okay. Um, just a brief background. Uh, we'll get to John in a minute. We won't dive in too much to Jude. Uh, Jude, like James that we studied a couple weeks ago, uh, is a brother to Jesus. And he's uh, his one of his, his letters is probably one of the earlier ones that was written in the probably 60s or so. Um, and uh, he's writing into the same some of the same problems that the early church is facing that some of these other epistle writers are writing into people um, struggling, being persecuted because of their faith. And so that's Jude. Um, John is really unique. And I want to start with this kind of story. Um, a couple of years ago, for a lesson in in my class, I printed out a little silhouette of Jesus, handed one out to each student on cardstock, and then as they studied, I invited them to write things from their study inside of the silhouette. And I can't remember what the block was. Um, what do you mean the block? The the scripture block that we were studying. Right. Right. Okay. Um, and then the invitation was that they take these silhouettes with the descriptions of the Savior that they wrote on them and go and post them somewhere in a mirror or in a car or something like that. Well, after class, I was walking up and down the aisles, just straightening things up and picking up, and there was a card left on the floor, and it was turned face down, and so I just thought it was a blank card that someone had left behind. But as I got there, I picked it up and turned it over, and it wasn't blank. Someone had written in it. And instead of writing the descriptions that they were um, invited to write during their study, um, whoever wrote this just wrote, Are you really there? And it struck me for a couple of reasons. Um, One was that we had just spent this scripture study um, identifying things about the Savior and writing it in this card, but for this one individual, that didn't cut it. There was still this lingering question of, yes, I know what the scriptures may say about Jesus, but my question is, is he really there? Is he a real person? Um, the second thing that struck me is that that's the question that I think people most want answered about the Savior. It's not, um, what do we know about him from ancient records? Um, it's, is he really there? Is he alive for me? And so I've kept that card um, ever since that, and, and I'll show it to, to students every once in a while to invite them to ponder that question as they study the scriptures. Well, I think that question, are you really there, is the question that John is trying to answer in this letter, First John, that he's writing. Second John and Third John. Second John's a more specific letter to specific individuals. And then Third John um, is kind of a letter to the people that carrying his letters. In fact, some people think that these three letters might have come in a packet almost to, to church leaders. First John to be read to everybody. Second John to be read to an individual, um, you know, a leader, a church leader. And then Third John instructions to the delivery man almost. So, the primary focus is on 1 John, and that seems to be the question that John is answering in 1 John. Remember who John is. This is John, the disciple of Jesus, uh, John the Beloved, John of Peter, James, and John fame. 
which means he has a very unique perspective on Jesus that's different maybe from what we were reading in Paul, for example. Uh, Paul never met Jesus face to face. His interactions with Jesus were all the resurrected Lord, um, things that he that he gained through revelation, through scripture study, and through association with other apostles. But John knew the mortal Jesus. I mean, they 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 walked together, they talked together. He sat and ate with Jesus. They they um, slept under the same stars together for three he ran years. Really fast to him. Yeah, that's was right. He, the one he that, was. Yeah, that he's the ran. one. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he the one that says, "And I ran faster." Than yes. Jesus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. I like that about him. You know a little bit about who he was. Right. We've already studied that. And so it makes sense. uh, The world that John is writing into, people are, are, um, this is a later letter. Some people think it might have been written uh, quite a few years, uh, like the 80s or 90s, so close to the end of John's life. Um, These letters, his gospel and, and the book of Revelation possibly. But whenever it was written... The world he's writing into, people are are leaving Christianity for a number of different reasons. But one of the big reasons that John might be writing towards is people are reading are leaving because they're being seduced by uh, Greek philosophy, specifically um, a group called the the Gnostics, G N O S T I C S, which is people that really value knowledge. Greek word gnosis uh, means knowledge. They, they really value knowledge. And so everything becomes kind of separate from the physical to them. In fact, they, they look down on anything that's physical. Uh, the physical ties us down. To be saved is to free yourself from the body and just live in the mind and just know things. And it's really kind of this confusing stuff. Um, and so people are leaving the church because um, that's enticing to them. And John's almost yelling at them in this letter, No, remember who this Jesus is. In fact... Uh, this is verse 3 in 1 John chapter 1. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. John wants you to be clear that he has seen and heard Jesus. That you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ. In other words, John says... I want to remind you that I know Jesus. I've seen him, I've heard him, and I had fellowship with him. And I want you to have the same fellowship with Jesus that I had. I want you to be just as sure that he is real, that he's tangible, that he's physical, that he's present as I am. And so his letter is filled with descriptions of Jesus that he's seen, that he's heard, that he's come to know. Yeah, in fact, those verses starting out in 1 John chapter 1 that you um, didn't read yet. I'm going to read them because they're good. Um, What was from the beginning? He says, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life, that life was revealed and we have seen it and we testify and we declare it. Um, Isn't that's that's a lot of passion in those words that I feel from this um, person who loved Jesus and really wants to convey this message of, um, no, he, he's a real person. I know him and you can come to know him too. Um, So what kind of what we took in these chapters in this study this time is this question that was, um, what do we learn from John 
about Jesus that makes him more relatable and real to us as we study. And so that maybe we can help answer those questions when we don't know if Jesus is real. Are you really there, Jesus? I think we've all had those questions, but these, this is, these are some books that can help us answer those um, in real ways for us today. Well, the first one that I found, and the one that I probably like the most, uh, John names in verse 5. This, then, is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Um, John's going to make two statements about what God is. I'm going to talk about the first one, and you're going to talk about the second one. But I love this first one, that God is light. Um, John writes at the beginning of his gospel, if you remember back in so the gospel of John, um, he writes, In the beginning was the Word, capital W Word, meaning Jesus Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And then this, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Almost identical to the uh, epistle of John, the f one of the first things that John wants you to know in both places about Jesus is that he is light. In fact, I'm going to keep reading back in the epistle of John. We read verse 5. Here's verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Now, I like that for a couple of reasons. First of all, it might seem kind of ethereal to describe Jesus as light, but I don't think it is. I think it's very tangible and practical and makes him very uh, identifiable and relatable, at least to me. Because for me, light does two things, and Jesus does those two things for me. Number one, light clarifies. Uh, it helps me to see things more clearly. And if there's anything I would say about the gospel of Jesus Christ, about his teachings and his life, is it helps me make sense of this world that I live in so much more than anything else does. When I contemplate um, what the world would look like to me and how I would try and make sense of it without Jesus's teachings without his example, uh, I get very confused. And I took a couple of philosophy classes in, in college, and uh, I, I couldn't make heads or tails of it. And, and I know not all philosophy is, is bad. Some of it's wonderful and beautiful. But for me, it just it, it broke my brain trying to conceptualize a world outside of the, the, the view that Jesus gives me. And so for me, the fact that God is light, I totally get. Because when I spend time with Jesus, when I'm studying scriptures, when I'm pondering, when I'm praying, when I'm, when I'm viewing the world through this gospel lens, everything makes so much more sense to me. The second thing I like about light, um, I didn't think about this, but you said this as we were studying, um, is that Jesus can make us feel light. That he can take burdens that we have and, and lighten them. That his his sacrifice for us, his atonement for us, uh, lifts us and lightens us and frees us. And that's something I can definitely identify with because I felt that, that he, he makes life lighter. Well, that's, yeah, in verse 7, if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another 
and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Um, and I'm sure that many of you have experienced this feeling that you're talking about, Zach, that feeling of, um, they talk about sin as darkness a lot, that dark, that heaviness that we feel Mm -hmm. and compared with that light feeling like you're saying it it does sound i use the word floaty what's another word you can use for that but that it does sound like oh he's light but i think there's some very practical ways to say this um my friend morgan jones and many of you might know her because she hosts another great podcast that we would definitely recommend the all-in podcast from lds living love some so many of the interviews that she's done there but just today on her instagram page she posted about the christmas song that she's been thinking about have yourself a merry little christmas and specifically the line that says let your heart be light and I'm just going to quote from this brief Instagram post she, she said. It says, I began thinking about many things that makes that make my heart feel heavy. You know that feeling? Your heart feels heavy sometimes too. It wasn't until later that I realized it says let. I don't think that word is a mistake. It means we have to intentionally seek to have hearts that are light and that weight is lifted as we seek the light of Jesus Christ. We allow his light to make our hearts light. Um... And I just, I love that idea, that same feeling, I think that kind of both describes both of these feelings that you're talking about, Zach, is that um, maybe that light, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that light, yes. I said it again, but lifting the heaviness, lifting the darkness. And I like, because um, the other word I was going to use to describe is one that John uses too, but this is First um, John chapter 1, verse 4. He says, we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Because that's another thing I think of that. Let your heart be light. Let it. Let yourself feel some of the joy in this fellowship in Christ. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Well, and I think it's no secret that the next thing that John teaches is that God is love. I mean, that's what he says in First um, John chapter 4, verse 8. Um, God is love. And we hear that over and over again throughout these chapters. And I think um, that's something that's really important for him, for him to teach us. Not only to um, love God, but love one another. He teaches us that in, in, verse, in chapter 3 as well. That loving one another and how that is so important and center to what we're doing. He says, starting in chapter 4 verse 7 dear friends let us love one another because love is from god and everyone who loves has been born of god and knows god the one who does not love god does not know god because god is love Um, and then down in chap in verse 12 if we love one another god remains in us and his love is made complete in us um i couldn't help but notice the word in my scriptures in the CSB that I'm reading from, the word is remains. And I think in the King James, it was dwells that, and I'll read it. God remains in us with, with his love. So we can remain in him. He will dwell in us and his love will dwell in us as well. Um, Which this makes sense to me, the way we talked about light and the way we're talking about love makes sense that if I am spending time with God through scripture study or pondering the gospel or living the gospel or in, in community with other saints, um, with light we talked about, well, things just make more sense and I feel lighter, I feel happier, I feel more joy, 
this makes a lot of sense to me too. I, I've always pondered that God is love because it just seems so floaty to me and I couldn't quite grasp it. But this study has helped me see that, no, I get it, that spending time doing those things, you know, study and prayer and ponder and community and service and faith and worship and all that fills me with love. And so I get it that time with God um, allows me to feel maybe his love for me and his love for other people through me, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, it's kind of that cycle, I think. This idea of of the love just goes around to mm-hmm. everything. And it, it comes back to that fellowship that you were talking about in the beginning. Um, that we might have fellowship with one another and with God and with Jesus Christ. Um, that when we let the love and let Jesus Christ into our hearts and into our lives... Um, that he will dwell in inside of us and allow us to love even more fully, I think. And maybe this is a little bit what John was trying to describe in John chapter 5. The very beginning, he says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father also loves the one born of him. This is how we know that we love God's children, when we love God and obey his commands, for this is what love for God is to keep his commands Um, and his commands are not a burden because everyone who has been born of God conquers the world Um, because I think you could throw the commandments in into that cycle as well that's definitely something that John is teaching us in these chapters as well that um, that we can Jesus can become more real and relatable to us as we follow him and follow his commands and part of his command is to love him and to love one another Mm Well, that's just a few of the things that we found. God is light, that life with him um, helps us to see more clearly, helps us to make sense, or at least helps me to make sense more of the world that I live in. And it lightens me. It helps me feel lighter. And that God is love, that when I am with him, um, I feel more love for other people. I feel more loved. And that those things make Jesus more help me to see that he's more real it's he's more touchable and tangible and and real because i can point to instances in my very recent life where i felt lightened and i felt loved and i felt love and um those emotions those feelings and those experiences um prove to me give evidence to me that jesus is really there um and that a life with him is good, even great. Um, John says this phrase in chapter 4. I think you read the second part of this verse, but I'll read the first part. No man hath seen God at any time. And I've heard a lot of people that get hung up on that verse. And uh, there's lots of discussions about it. There's a great Joseph Smith translation for it. But to read it in its context, I think, helps it make more sense. So I'm going to back up to verse 10. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us or remains in us. And his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him 
and he in us, because he hath given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. In other words, these things, light and love and all of these other things that we find in the scriptures and then hopefully, maybe even more importantly, experience in our lives, um, testify to us that Jesus is real, that he's really there. There was a Jesus of Nazareth that taught and preached and died, but it's also true that he was resurrected and that he lives today and that he still fills people with light and love and uh, he's done it for me and he's done it for you and He's done it for so many people the world over. So I think the question from your student, are you really there, wasn't just a question that um, a few people had and needed from John back then, but I think one that we all need today as well. Um, and he says that again, I just in chapter 5, verse 14, this is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Um, and I love that word confidence because we see in these chapters that John has confidence in who Jesus Christ is. And he's telling us that through prayer and through these um, rituals, I guess, through prayer, through study that we have today, that we can also um, come to find a Jesus Christ who is relatable and real and findable to us. One of my favorite songs, has, as long as I can remember, has been A Child's Prayer. And I know I'm not alone in that because it's just one of the best songs. Um, but those first words that says, similar to this question that your student posed is, um, Heavenly Father, are you really there? And do you hear and answer every child's prayer? It's interesting because I'll find myself on my knees ready to start my prayer and those words come to my mind. And so it makes it makes me a little tender-hearted for this um, student of yours because I think we all feel that sometimes. Um, maybe we're on our knees praying or maybe we're, we're lost in real or in spirit um, and we need to find this Jesus and we want him to be real to us. And I think that um, John is a great person to turn to to find that out and find out what Jesus can do for all of us. So we hope that this study does that for each of you. I know it did it for us. Thank you so much for studying with us. Thanks for being a part of this community. Uh, enjoy your week of study. Enjoy the beginning of December, and we'll see you next episode.